everyone and welcome back to this week's episode of the Carousel Project. We are so excited to be here. It's been so long since we've been able to chat with you guys, but also since we've been able to chat with each other. We are so glad to be back after a holiday hiatus. Um, before we get started, I'm Josie and you can find me on all socials at Josie Maida. And I'm Kate. You can find me on all socials at Kate Killebrew. And I'm Adam. You can find me on all socials at Epcot Adam. Heck yes, you can. Today we are going to be talking about the 100 Acre Woods, Winnie the Pooh and all of his friends. So to kick off our episode, we're going to ask each other, what is our favorite Winnie the Pooh character? I also want to share a story that the first time I ever met Adam in real life, because we met on Instagram way before this, but in real life, the first time we met was when I was working at the 100 Acre Goods in Magic Kingdom in Fantasyland at Walt Disney World. I was out there. I was so sad, and this sweet little Adam walked right up, and we had the best conversation. It made my night, and I still remember it all these years later. And that was over four years ago, because that was November oh of 2017, which is yeah, just which is insane craziness. to think about. That yeah. is crazy, crazy, yep. crazy to think yep. about. Honestly, we love that. And here we are. Okay, so who is your favorite Winnie the Pooh character? Adam, go. I don't even know where to begin. I, I love Winnie the Pooh. I grew up loving Winnie the Pooh from as for as long as I can remember. Like when I was a, a very young child in the 80s, I remember watching Welcome to Pooh Corner on the Disney Channel, which is quite the banger. And uh, Disney <laughs> Plus needs to bring that back or bring that to uh, the streaming way, airwaves ASAP as possible. Um I, I, I love Winnie the Pooh. He's the star of the show, just like Josie. Um, and mm -hmm. also, I, I very, very much so relate to Piglet because of anxiety. And I very, very much relate to Eeyore because of depression and feeling like you ruin everything you touch. But um, yeah, all the characters are great. Kate? Um, my favorite Winnie the Pooh character has always been Eeyore. Um, my sister, her favorite was always Tigger. And I don't know why I didn't just go with Winnie the Pooh, but Eeyore just spoke to me. I don't know if it was the removable tail or just like his kind of gloomy disposition that just made me want to give him a hug. I guess I tend to get depressed now as an adult too. So maybe that's part of it. But I would always collect the Eeyore plush of any any kind and I will say do not cut off the string on those plush tails because you may think that you're responsible enough to not lose that velcro tail but I lost one so I am a again. cautionary tale when it comes to your tails and that's it I think my favorite, so I really liked Piglet as a kid and I really liked Tigger. I think Piglet because he's so cute um, and I think because when I was a kid I thought Piglet was a girl which was just, you know, five-year-old sexism at its best because Piglet was pink, which is stupid because it's a pig. Of course it's pink. Anyway, I digress. Tigger is probably my favorite because he's fun, 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 fun. And the most wonderful thing about Tiggers is that he's the only one. And I love that he's so unique and it is burned into the fibers of my brain, the Tigger movie um, that came out when we were kids that had a collaboration with McDonald's. They had little plushy toys where all of the characters from the Hundred Acre Woods wore little like sweatshirts that looked like Tigger. No way. And I, I still to yeah. this day have my one of, um, I still have the one to this day of um, Rue dressed as Tigger. It's very cute. I've never it's even seen the Tigger cute. movie. Ooh, ooh. 
I don't know if I, I ever haven't saw seen it. it like I forever. remember being obsessed and I remember it being, I think my dad maybe took me, but I'd love to watch it again. Also, this has nothing to do with our episode. Nothing oh, at all. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> nothing at all. But this I needed to tell time. Kate and Adam. And if you're a fan of ours, you probably maybe also like the Muppets. So I've been freaking out because the only Muppets movie that's not on Disney plus is the Muppets take Manhattan. And that's yes. the one that I've been wanting to yep. watch the most because that's the one with the Kermit and Miss Piggy marriage scene that we all know uh, I'm having edited into my own marriage video one day. Anyway, yes. I digress again. <laughs> um, it's on HBO max. I just saw it pop oh, up on HBO good. max. Yeah. I've been wondering. So I just wanted to spread the word so we can have a movie night. Anyway, that has lit- literally, when I tell you guys, that has nothing to do with what we're talking it about today. There's, to do with there's it, no but secret in a connection. Bigger way, it has right. everything to do with it. The Muppets so. have to do with everything. So <laughs> exactly, wise, yes. exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so let's jump in. Can I start at the beginning? Should we start at the very beginning? Sure. Yeah, I'll allow it. Do it. Do I'll it. allow it. Okay. So. Winnie the Pooh was originally published on October 14th, 1926. I saw another date that said December 24th, 1925, and I couldn't really find like a reason for the dis- discrepancy. Um, but most places said October 14th, 1926. So that is um, That's what, what I found I'm, what too, I'm going to go with. October 14th, yeah. And then... It was, you know, written about Christopher Robin and all his stuffed pals, and they were inspired by a, a how do you pronounce his last name? I don't even want to take a crack at it. And be I think it's of, Milne. Honestly. I think it's Milne? Milne. I think it's Milne, but that's what we're going to go with. Milne? I can look up the pronunciation while you talk if you want. Um, <laughs> um, to create... He created the now really famous stories. The original toys were a bear, a pig, a donkey, a tiger, and a kangaroo. And all of them are in New York City at the main branch of the New York Public Library, which I thought was really, really cool. I have been past it so many times, but I've never gone inside. I would love to go and look at that one day because I think that's really cool. Sorry, I was still looking up the pronunciation. It looks like it's known. <laughs> looks okay. like it's known. Sorry. No, you're fine. So A.A. Milne had PTSD after his time in World War One. moved his family from the countryside to the countryside from London after the war. Um, he was a humorist and a writer before the war. Um, and then after he was a playwright, but it was, you know, his time with his son that inspired him to write the Winnie the Pooh stories, which are really what he's most famous for, you know, and really most people don't connect him with anything else. And it's crazy that all these years later, almost a hundred years later, Winnie the Pooh is still a household name. Yes. And did we talk about like, where the Winnie the Pooh character came from, like the uh, the real life bear that it's based on. Mm-mm. No, Go for okay, it. all right. Um, so Winnie the Pooh is actually based on a real life bear in the London Zoo, Winnipeg Bear or Winnie for short. This bear cub <laughs> was purchased by a Canadian soldier slash veterinarian, um, Harry Colborne, um, for twenty dollars, and um. He named it after the town that he grew up in, so that's why it's named Winnipeg or Winnie for short. Um, Winnie actually became a mascot for that troop um, in World War One, but he couldn't go on to France with them, so he ended up at the London Zoo, um, and that's that's where um, that's where the author A. A. Milne and his son Christopher Robin would end up seeing Winnie the Bear um, at the wow. London Zoo. So. Um, 
So yeah, they lo- they loved visiting him at the zoo, and eventually Christopher would name his teddy Winnie the Pooh after the bear. And the Pooh part of it, I-, I saw two different stories where the Pooh came from. I know you'll love this, Josie, since you always have a comment about the Pooh. But um, the Pooh <laughs> is actually <laughs> the Pooh part. I of- do always have a comment because you know what? Pooh robots. Think- why? Why Pooh Okay, so you could have picked something different. So Winnie was after the bear, Winnie. But the Pooh portion of Winnie the Pooh was after his friend's swan named Pooh. So that's where the name Winnie the Pooh came from. So what I'm hearing is the name of the bear should be Winnipeg the Swan. Winnipeg the Swan. Yes, basically. Um, And I did think it was interesting that Tigger was not introduced in the first first book that was uh, published Mm. on October 14th, 1926. Especially since we all talked about Tigger and, and his impact in the Winnie the Pooh franchise over the years. He wasn't in the first book. Um, This was also the first book, uh, the first foreign language book to make the New York bestsellers list in Latin. Did you guys mention that? No, that's really cool. Yeah, I thought that was cool too. So you talked about the renaming of um, the the teddy bear. Did you mention that it was in in one of his poems, he had mentioned a Mr. Edward bear? No, I didn't. So Okay, so perfect. I didn't think so, but I wanted to make sure I wasn't yeah, repeating yeah, yeah. myself. So published in Vanity Fair in 1923, Vespers included the line, Christopher Robin is saying his prayers, um, and then he followed that up with a poem where he said Teddy Bear and mentioned Mr. Edward Bear, and then that was just like what you said, how it was renamed after they went to the zoo and blah, 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 blah. Um and then in he had a popular book in 1924, which was a poetry book called When We Were Very Young. The author tells of his son explaining how he would feed the swans, exactly what you just said. So um, I think... That's cool. I, I still think um, we didn't need to call him Pooh, but whatever. Look, Christopher whatever. Robin gets what Christopher Robin wants. That's what I feel like is the main message behind all of this. Um, <laughs> That swan could have been named so many other things. Like, literally, there's millions of names. <laughs> this is where the discrepancy, though, comes up because, according to an article that I was reading, and I think it was by, it was like PBS or something like that. I'm trying to find a Smithsonian. It was a big, a big outlet. Yeah. It wasn't just like a fan site. Um, it was saying on Christmas Eve in 1925, the London the London Evening News reported A.A. Milnine's story, The Wrong Sort of Bees, gave readers the holiday gift of Winnie the Pooh, the newly renamed bear who was dragged down the stairs by Christopher Robin. Um, so I thought that was interesting because, again, I saw the date of October 1926. So maybe there was like a smaller release of it only in England and then they really yeah, I, I don't know but the London the London evening news had reported something around that time so again I mean this was a long time ago dates are just semantics at this point um yeah. but I did read that as a child Christopher Robin really liked being famous and then obviously we know as he gets older that's that turns into some kind of uh resentment um I thought it was also really interesting that the original series of books only had four books like the the four like Winnie the Pooh stories that were written by a mill nine there were only four of them yeah I and know, one of right? them one of them I think was just that um was just that when we were very young that poem where they were you know briefly mentioned mm-hmm. so really there were only like three true like storybooks that were written by him which is again crazy with how big Winnie the Pooh has gotten 
Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to mm-hmm. say. It's crazy how uh, it kind of similar to the Mary Poppins situation, though, like how they were able to pull so much out of, mm-hmm. you know, a few scenes and books. Same situation with Winnie the Pooh. They were able to pull the mannerisms and figure out future story. Because like, like Adam said, there were so many series and movies and Anyway, we'll get into it. Crazy amount. Um, so we have Now We Were Very Young, which was just like a series of poems in 1924. And then Winnie the Pooh came out in 1926. Now We Are Six in 1927. And The House on Pooh Corner in 1928. Love it. Do we want to talk about the like the connection between Walt and Winnie the Pooh? I would love that. But first, I wanted to pause and talk about Christopher Robin really quick. Yeah. Because he was very famous when he was younger. Like, it's not just that, like, oh, that's cool. He inspired, like, he was a celebrity, this little boy. Um, yeah, so Christopher Robin it. was taken all over, all over London, all over for, for you know, photos and readings of the book. Um, and he loved it. But then in school, he was teased and bullied a lot, which is Aww. just jealousy, Christopher Robin. Yeah. You're jealous. He's too young to know that. Haters going to hate. Seriously, so he ended up fighting in World War II despite not passing a medical examination. He wasn't supposed to be able to go. He contacted malaria and got a piece of shrapnel to the head, um, and he almost died. Oh, my god! But he did, he did live. Um, but it seems like his relationship with his father was not only strained because he was resent, you know, resented the fact that his father kind of, like, made him famous. Hmm. Um but his dad, A.A. Milnine, actually wrote a book called Peace Without Honor about how much he hated war. He was, you know, very much against war after his experience with World War One, And it ended yeah. up being his fame and the fame that he had given his son that helped Christopher Robin to bend the rules to fight during World, World War Two. And then he almost died. So A.A. Milnine yeah. had a really, really difficult time with that, was devastated by, you know, how it had impacted their lives um but it sounds like they kind of did come to a a place of peace you know when he came home from world war ii and they kind of made amends and 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 so hopefully that's what it really was that they ended things on a good note i'm sure it wasn't easy being that famous during that time um but i thought it was also crazy that the books have never been out of print and they've sold over two uh over 20 million copies crazy that's insane but it's so true. I mean, if at, at least when it comes to Disney especially, like you are going to see some aspect of Winnie the Pooh thrown in and we're going to kind of talk about that later, but it it's amazing to see the impact of this story that was written, you know, about his son and here we are almost 100 years later and it's still this huge phenomenon. Yeah, absolutely insane. So yes, I think this is a great time to start talking about Walt and his connection to Winnie the Pooh because before researching, this was always something that was very confusing to me. I think it's one of the most confusing, convoluted like Disney partnerships. That was something that I always remember hearing about when I worked at the 100 Acre Good where I met Adam because we never had a lot of merchandise and people were always coming in asking for like a classic Winnie the Pooh plushie or, you know, just more. Uh, yeah and we had a very hard time apparently the the rumor around working there was that like it was really difficult to work with Winnie the Pooh and to get product because you know it had to be okayed by all these people and blah 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 um and so that was always really interesting to me but I never really understood the the more behind it until you know researching for the podcast so um in my research I found that Walt obtained the rights to Winnie the Pooh in 1961 
He learned about the character by reading to his daughters, very similar to the way that he learned about Mary Poppins. Um, For the first short that they released, um, it was called Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree, and it was directed by Wooly Reitherman. Um, And then some of Walt's nine old men actually worked on this short. The Sherman Brothers composed the famous song that everybody knows with Winnie the Pooh now. And um, Walt chose to start with a short first since the tales were primarily known in the United Kingdom um, and it would be an easier way to introduce this new Disney version. So I thought that was very strategic and like a marketing and promotion standpoint to instead of going with a full feature length film he just started with a short that would actually um end up airing before the live action film the ugly dachshund um it released on february 4th 1966 walt would pass away later that year in december as we all know um and the success of the success led to Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day in 1968, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2 in 1974, and then all three of these shorts were then combined to create The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh in 1977, which we all know The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh has made an impact (laughs) since then. Absolutely. Um, So do we want to talk about how Walt came about having the rights to Winnie the Pooh? Yeah, sure. So in 1930, a producer named Stephen Schlesinger, and again, I'm butchering everyone's last name today, took Pooh really off the page and into pop culture mass marketing. Um, So the American and Canadian licenses to Pooh were secured from Mill 9 to, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm just butchering every single name. I I feel like every single name. from, From Milne to... Slay Singer for a thousand dollars and later 66% of the royalties. So at the time, he was really a pioneer in licensing and merchandising character. He brought color to the Hundred Acre um, Wood for the first time. So most notably in 1932, um, there was a record where Pooh, you know, now had a red shirt on um, and he took the characters to things like dolls, jigsaw puzzles, radio shows. I even saw that there was a nightmare-inducing puppet version on the Shirley Temple show oh, that geez. he had created that uh, collaboration. <laughs> um, Good times. And so he was kind of the bridge between the English and the American marketplace, and he kind of helped to further cement the whole gang together and, and, and make them icons. So he died in 1953, and his wife continued developing the characters, and then she sold the rights to Walt um, to Walt Disney Productions in 1961. Walt himself really coveted Pooh because his daughters loved the story. Um, but, you know, there were a lot of, there was a lot of back and forth um, with royalty lawsuits between the two because I guess, from my understanding, Walt Disney Productions bought some of the rights to the characters but would still have to give royalties to, mm-hmm. you know, the wife. Um, and so the royalty lawsuits were based on the unforeseen future technologies of the VCR. So they were saying that like Disney wasn't paying their fair amount because the VCR existed and people were watching things in their home and whatever. So Disney did end up winning the lawsuit. Um, But yeah, I thought that was really interesting that it was such a complicated relationship. 
Yeah, it's it's so crazy too because you know obviously there's some similar likabilities of the original Winnie the Pooh character, but it's very obvious that Disney created their own version of what all of the characters would look like, i.e. Winnie the Pooh and his red shirt, things like yeah. that. And Disney being such a company that's big about licensing and royalties and, you know, mm-hmm. dotting all their I's and crossing all their T's. Um, I mean, obviously they won the suit, but yeah, they you know. did. And it's crazy because it, I did read that Walt did have a relationship at, and he actively was chasing the rights after the success of Snow White in 1937. Yeah. But Slay Singer, Slay Singer is definitely not right. Like there's no way that's this guy's last name. He already owned the rights and you know, I'm, I'm assuming was not willing to sell them at the time, yeah. but yeah, it was a $2 billion lawsuit in 1991 and Disney did win, um, in September of 2009. So that seems like that's like a very that's long. That's a very long suit. You say yeah, 91 like to 2009? I feel like that's wrong. Maybe there were multiple lawsuits. Yeah, but I'm that's pretty 18 sure. years. I mean, I don't wow. Know. They may have continued like, I mean, I don't know much about law, but they may have continued like appealing or something like that. Um, yeah, especially because as technology kept bet- getting better, maybe they kept saying like, see, it's still happening, but I don't know. I'm no lawyer. There yeah, is there's I'm so no much lawyer. on Winnie the Pooh, you guys. There is so much. I know, I know. The like I I looked more into like the Disney Winnie the Pooh side of it. But I mean I'm I know ready there's for it. I know there's so much. Well, I mean, I I've just listed out like the different shorts, films, and series that they had. Um, and then I have some stuff on the parks. And then I found a little bit about merchandising slash what I think would be called like the poo craze. But we're gonna we'll get there. Um, oh, the poo craze! Oh, the poo craze! <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, I guess the. For, like we already kind of covered the first three shorts those all took place you know late 60s early 70s and they those three were combined to create the many adventures of winnie the pooh i would say that one's probably the most popular of the films from disney right because i mean i feel like that one has gotten the most yeah which i was very surprised that it was just like little things stitched together i also thought it was really cool that they updated the original drawings when disney started making content with winnie the pooh um they wanted to stay recognizable for these shorts but become something new for disney um and they actually animated him you know it was difficult because he had always been a a 2d drawing he had never before been, you know, 3D, 4D. Um, and so since they had to animate him from all angles, they based it on a Winnie the, they based the Winnie the Pooh on a 1930s to 1940s FAO Schwartz plush. Which I love and I miss FAO Schwartz. Same. Same. Oh, when I was a kid, my parents used to take me to the, the one in New York and it was just like a dream come true. Uh my mom loved it there, of course, because, you know, of course, it's her. That was my mom's maiden name, and we lived right outside the city. So Aww. I loved it, too. I can't believe it. it was such a landmark for New York City. That still right. blows my mind. But, yeah, that's so crazy that they were selling the, like, original Winnie the Pooh Pooh plush all the way back in the day. That's so cool. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, I also saw that in 1966. So that's when we're seeing the first featurette um, of Winnie the Pooh. That was the same time that Winnie the Pooh showed up for the first time as a walk around character in Disneyland. Oh, yes. Do we want to talk about the different walk around characters? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, of course we do. I have a favorite. So um, the Disney Disney Dan on YouTube, he actually does these videos where he goes through the evolution of different disney characters and i love them them. so i'm gonna put his link in the in our uh show notes so people can watch the video but according to him the first um winnie the pooh walk around character was the honey pot head pooh which he superior he lived he he lived a long life let me tell you that because he was he was from 1965 at the 10th anniversary of disneyland he appeared there and then he was used for decades after that. Basically, in 1965. Yeah. Okay, so I said 1966, you guys, but I'm wrong. According to Disney Dan, and I honestly that doesn't surprise me because if he got the rights to poo in '61, then definitely four years later for this 10th anniversary big TV. Mm-hmm, did you guys see mm-hmm. the 10th anniversary special of Disneyland? It was kind of crazy. People were dressed no, as I did candles, not. and they were can- anyway. Yes, I, I have put a seen link it. To I have, that. I have, I have. But I have, um, yeah. I know so what you're talking about. so honey, when you said candles. Honey pot head. as he's called um he was the first and he was around for well over two decades um he wouldn't get a parks refresh until 1989 that was when he had much more of a defined head so the honeypot head poo um he has no neck he had no neck he had a big (laughs) honeypot on his head and this was actually the version of poo that would run for president um you know the this is the one for 20 basically almost 25 years that he was that was the poo that you would see in the parks then um in 1989 they had a more defined head for poo um this one reminds me of like the old sing-along videos like the old disneyland sing-along video when they have the rumbly my tumbly song yeah um he that's the version of poo he has a much more defined nose um you know, more color to his face than just the solid, um, like poo yellow color, um, much more defined head, defined nose. And then the current version that we still have today is, um, the version that came out in 1999. So a decade after the second version of a refresh, they came out with the current version, which I feel like the, his head is very similar to the cartoons we see, like the cartoon mm-hmm. version of mm-hmm. Pooh. They did a much better job defining his um, his facial features and just his overall body. And that just, I guess, that just came in time of you know thirty five years of being able to perfect these mascot characters. Right. But I mean, we're in twenty twenty two now, and that's still the version of Winnie the Pooh we see today. I think technically there would have only been one other version which would be maybe one with a moving mouth if they if they did that for a show right but then the welcome to Pooh corner version in 1983 that was a revolutionary um puppet version because it had the articulate head on it now i mean some people think that those puppets were like nightmare fuel and stuff i've heard about that but but um welcome to Pooh corner that was uh, that was in 1983. As far as I know, that one was not in the parks at all. It was just for that one television yeah. show. But that is was that on Disney Plus? Uh, that no, no, it isn't. 
No, it isn't. They they said a while ago that it was going to be like when Disney Plus first launched. I remember seeing like someone like I googled Tease like about it maybe. Welcome, right, I I googled Welcome to Pooh Corner Disney Plus, and it took me like some Reddit form and someone on Reddit like emailed Disney Plus and posted the response, and it said, "Yo, Welcome to Pooh Corner will be joining the Disney Plus lineup in early 2020." And here we are two years later. And it was a lie. My right. dad sent me like a random thing once of like how 2022 they're adding Bear in the Big Blue House to Disney Plus. And I'm like, please don't send me this unless it's real from Di- uh, Don't get my yeah. hopes up. Yeah, Seriously. do not get right. my hopes don't. up about that one. Kate, did you say that the, the honeypot poo walk around character was there until 1989? Yes. So why in the heck did my parents not get a picture of me? With the walk around honeypot poo character. Because like, I was they alive. woke up and chose violence. That's why. Yeah, there were a lot of things that we need to have a conversation with your parents yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Adam, honestly. because you know what? I don't think they had your best interest in mind. No, I'm calling Dave. Actually, I got to go. I got to go call them right now and, and have a, a couple of choice words with them. I'm just kidding. That's not funny. <laughs> JK, love you. Well, um, you know, it's funny because I had assumed that that second version of Pooh with the defined face that was in (laughs) that was in the Disneyland sing along video. I thought he had say Pooh one more time. Pooh. I thought he had stuck around for a little while longer than that because he was there basically from eighty nine to ninety nine. But I guess that tracks because I would have gone to Crystal Palace between ninety six and ninety nine. My point is, I have photos with. At Crystal Palace with the second version of Winnie the Pooh and the third current version of Winnie the Pooh. Oh, you so, do? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so I, I guess I'm just surprised. I didn't realize he only lasted till 99. I, I think I, I think I thought he stuck around a little bit longer. But that does kind of match up with the timeline of when they really ramped up on the Pooh, you know? In 98, yeah, 99, they ramped up on the that, poo. Was, that was when they it were really like, they were in like, <laughs> A poo-rific vibe back then in the park. They were in the poo zone. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they were. Couldn't get enough poo. <laughs> so I will say I couldn't find a ton about like when they decided that this was going to be like a poo mania craze, but I did find a specific demand for poo merchandise situation in 1998 that was very interesting so Hmm, november hmm, so november 27th 1998 disney stores released a limited edition beanie poo which i just need everybody to take a second i can picture people's heads (laughs) exploding in the disney store so doing out their ears we need to just take a second and note note that do you guys remember when they had the beanie plushes um like disney's version of beanie babies oh yeah yeah so this was right in that time so i'm gonna have to bring I mean, this is a podcast, so no one Like, can it was see a them. Disney Beanie Baby, and it actually was made by Beanie Baby. No, and it so was it was no. basically like Disney's version of Beanie Baby, which I'm going to go ahead and plug the Beanie Baby, um, sh- the Beanie Baby documentary that is on Beanie HBO Mania. Max right now, right now called <gasps> I literally Beanie just Mania. saw that today and was like, yep. I need to watch that. Watch it yesterday. As a 1993 baby who was born the same year that Beanie Babies were born, I am asking you all to watch it anyways so 
like classic Mikey move, I'm assuming he said, man, these Beanie Babies are really taken off. We're going to do our own version, but with Disney characters. And they were called Beanie Plush. They did. They weren't called Beanie Babies because they weren't Beanie Babies. The fact that he still kept the word Beanie in there. Look. Like, that is baldy. Look, that is Mikey, it's, it's Mikey. Mikey does what he wants. Mm-hmm. I, I actually want to research more into the whole Beanie Plush concept for Disney because I had so many. My grandma, she lived right near the Disney store in Louisiana. Anytime she would come visit us from an hour away, she would always bring my sister and I each one of these Disney Beanie Plushes. I have like three boxes of them. I need to bring it sometime so I can show you guys. But Yes, I want to see. I'm ready now. So, um, so basically, November twenty seventh, probably the height of Beanie Mania craze. Um, they released this, you know, limited edition Beanie Poo. Customers lined up as early as four a.m. that morning. Guys, this is before social media. This is before, like, my mom just, was probably on that line. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like these people. I mean, I guess it was in the newspaper or something that they were told mm-hmm. that this was going to release. And these people committed at 4 a.m. to go sit and wait. Um, so these Beanie Poos sold out in a nationally in a matter of hours. So that I think that kind of shows where the like if they if they saw that kind of demand from customers for a plush Beanie Baby wannabe toy, like I could see why from the late 90s into the early 2000s they were really really pushing Winnie the Pooh into parks and into merchandise and into anything they said they we're putting this could. Pooh everywhere i.e. Pooh aerobics at club uh at club disney um you know all the various Pl- shameless plug yeah. for our club yeah. disney Pooh aerobics which episode. by the way Club Disney <laughs> was a place that was all about those beanie plushes. They they yes, had all sorts of yes. Club Disney beanie plushes. So, yeah, they, they all kind of fall together. Um, unfortunately for the parks, the, the whole beanie, I mean, the whole Pooh mania situation right around this time caused two major attractions to close. To make way for Winnie the Pooh attractions, one on I'm the East Coast and this. one on the West Coast. Nope. <laughs> um, bum, bum, bum. So I'll just start this off by saying the moral of the story is if Disney is double building an attraction, it will be replaced with a Winnie the Pooh themed attraction and gift shop. Like that is just yep. how it's going to go. So, um, Basically, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride would close on November 7th, 1998 at Walt Disney World and Magic Kingdom to make way for the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh attraction, which would open June 4th, 1999. The reason why Mr. Toad's Wild Ride was chosen to close was because it was double built, i.e. it had two tracks. It was twice as large as the one in disneyland because they had more space so they made they made it two different versions two different tracks so disney saw this as a great opportunity to be able to put in the winnie the pooh ride and then have a um a merchandise shop right at the exit where we met. which josie worked at and Heck that's where yes. adam and josie met so it had to happen but did it anyway so that was the <laughs> but, did it. but that was the magic kingdom one and I will say there were all kinds of like 
right you know people coming out and you know like fighting this they protesting pro petitions protesting all that against this disney said we don't care we want money so when has it ever worked when has it never. ever worked that disney was never. like okay yeah never oh you just never. you just you wait if they ever try to take my bears from me in, in magic kingdom it will work <laughs> i will chain myself to boop boop I've heard people go. who have like said I knew people who had said that for like for real when it came to like Haunted Mansion and I was like they're never going to get rid of Haunted Mansion. No, not they're not no, getting never. rid of Haunted Mansion. It ain't happening. So then um over in Disneyland on the West Coast, um just 2 years later, um something similar happened. I don't I, it is a, probably a coincidence, but I don't think it's a coincidence that both of these attractions closed within 2 days of each other years apart so like mr toast wild ride closed on september 7th 1998 country bear jamboree at disneyland would close on september 9th 2001 um odd i think not so country bear jamboree i don't want to hear this part (laughs) okay well then just take out the ear the the headphone that's working (laughs) Okay, and, um, I, and, and I, I, I will not edit this part of the podcast, so whatever you guys say goes, because I'm not listening to it when I edit. So, Country Bear Jamboree um, initially opened at Walt Disney World, opening day attraction. Um, it proved to be very popular, so when they ended up opening it at Disneyland, they actually opened it as a double theater situation. So, they could have two shows going simultaneously, they could see a lot more guests, yada, yada, yada. I think you guys know where this is going because it's a double I think you know. So, Country Bear Jamboree would close September 9th, 2001 um, to make way for their own version of a Winnie the Pooh attraction that would open on April 11th, 2003. Um, We didn't need her. We really did. I I will say, I mean, I'm about to throw some shade to Disneyland's version, but it's, it's, it's very short and it's, it's definitely proof that they were just trying to throw poo anywhere they could kind of thing. I mean, the Walt Disney... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to throw poo at them for taking away my bears, but Because Walt Disney World's... I mean, get it. I mean, I get it. They have more space. But Walt Disney World's is is a little bit more of a story to it compared to the Winnie the Pooh attraction at Disneyland. I was... Dis- slightly disappointed when I when I experienced it last year. So, but we um, we did go on it on the anniversary of the closing. Remember we September did. We 9th, went on. Yeah, twenty years later, we went to for the, the anniversary of the Country Bears closing. We yep. said hi to um, we said hi to Melvin and Buff, Buff and, Max. and Max. We said hi and to the, them. The Teddy Bear mechanism and the Teddy Bear mechanism that's still there. And then also in the Pooh Corner shop that they have um nearby there are still some remnants in disneyland of um country bear jamboree in the photo like the artwork that they have framed on the wall in the back oh that's just like what they do at um that's just like what they have at the winnie the pooh ride in walt disney world with the framed photo of owl getting handed the yeah from mr toad Yeah. yeah from mr toad yeah well the cool thing is for me was that like I didn't know about the um, country bears one because the biggest country bear fan I knew didn't know about them. And then we were in the store (laughs) Then we were in the store getting a caramel apple and I looked through the window and yeah, it's the same style photo as owl getting handed the 
handed the deed from Mr. Toad. Right. So I think they were definitely all made together, I'm assuming. Um, but yeah, we, we found one of, it was Pooh and Teddy Bear, and then was it Pooh and Gomer? I think so. I'm going to yeah, so go to our Yeah, so there's two different I'll photos. Check. But anyway, so next time you're in Disneyland, look for those. Um, but I don't think it's any um, coincidence that Winnie the Pooh would also end up getting attractions through the years at Tokyo Disneyland, Hong Kong Disneyland, and Shanghai Disneyland. Um, Pooh's Honey Hunt, I think, is probably the most popular of the Winnie the Pooh attractions oh, that around one looks the globe. So amazing. I don't think any of us have experienced it yet, but no, I'm, ho- I'm I hoping to experience so it. It opened um, September 4th, 2000. So it opened quite a few years before Disneyland's Winnie the Pooh attraction opened. And then Hong Kong Disneyland got a Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh um, in September of 2005. It's actually an opening day attraction there. And then Shanghai Disneyland opened their park with Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh as well. On June 16th, 2016. Okay, you were right, Kate. It's it's Winnie the Pooh and Gomer. Yeah, I remember it was uh-huh, Winnie so the cute. Pooh for both. And it's cute because it's bears. You know? Right, yeah. and then it's Winnie the Pooh and Him Teddy Bear. Bear, which we love that one because of the swinging mechanism. Yeah. yeah. Swinging Teddy Bear. Very cute. Yeah, did you know, I did read that, that having Winnie the Pooh in the parks as a ride was first discussed in the 70s as part of a Fantasyland refurbishment oh really and it was yeah and it was going to be like a honey a spinning honey pot ride so like teacups oh, but honey pots you in know? disneyland oh, or disney so world cool. um it, i think it was said disney world that they were okay. they did a refurbishment in the 70s um and it's crazy because all this time that we've been talking about all these different things i don't think there was a new movie i think the first new movie in between all of all this craziness was the tigger movie in 2000 if i'm wow. right there were so many animated movies yeah so Technically, there were um, there was Pooh's Grand Adventure, um, Search for Christopher Robin that came out in 1997. So this is why I have so I had the five animated films mm-hmm. were the Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, and then again all this stuff that we've just talked about. No other animated film was told the Tigger movie in 2000. However, what Kate's saying those were direct to video films. Oh yeah, so I put DVD. They next were to, yeah, so they okay. were they were yeah. released as well. So yes, there was Pooh's Grand Adventure, The Search for Christopher Robin in 1997, and then Seasons of Giving in 1999. Um, so still, even with that whole Pooh's craze. To have two straight to to video through from the seventies from nineteen seventy seven all the way up to two thousand, there were only two made, and they were wow. in the late nineties straight to DVD yeah. video. Yeah, the <laughs> the only thing I could think is that was Mikey's move at that time. He was trying to do direct to video mm-hmm. videos left and right, oh, yeah. i.e., Toy Story two. That was supposed to be direct to video. Um, they fought for crazy. that to be a film, like a theater release. So yeah, but it's crazy that there have been five animated films, one live action film with Christopher Robin in 2018, mm-hmm. nine direct video films, four TV series, fourteen video games, multiple albums, magazines, and it was all based off of one poetry collection and three books written all the way back in the 1920s. Well, and the, I will say if people want to like relive Welcome to Pooh Corner until it ends up on Disney Plus, Defunct TV also did a, a video like deep diving on Welcome to Pooh Corner. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, based on the list I have, it looks like they really jumped into 
creating stuff like early 2000s like 2000 on is when they came out with you know all these straight to the 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 big films like the big feature films and like they had the book of Pooh on playhouse disney i remember that show because i was around eight at that time um and then i loved playhouse disney i think that was like the playhouse disney I will say I found um, there an article talking about the generational gap of poo, lol, um, between <laughs> boomers versus like Gen X and beyond. So basically, mm-hmm. boomers want merchandise with the original poo, like the mm-hmm. shepherd illustration, and then younger generations want like the Disney fied poo. So I guess that just that kind of I feel like that Which kind I think of goes makes sense hand because hand the younger that that new generation I feel like the reason they like it is because know, I feel like yeah. the new well I think it's more than that. I think that the 90s are so in right now and when we're mm-hmm. looking at this timeline that advertising that push that content in the 90s was so Winnie the Pooh that yeah. now that the 90s are coming back like, my little sister, she loves Winnie the Pooh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. ran- seemed very random to me because I don't think she ever, like, watched, like, a lot. But just it was everywhere. And I think that that's why it's really coming back is because that 90s style of Winnie the Pooh is is very 90s. And 90s, are you know, are coming back. So I think Winnie the Pooh is having a really great time right now. I think people still love the merch. Yeah, I agree. Whether it's classic or or 90s, I feel like it always sells well. Yeah, and I mean, it's interesting that you talked about the when you worked at the shop, how they had, you know, issues getting certain kinds of merchandise and stuff approved. Because mm-hmm. I find, you know, at least in the past few years, they've been big on, like, putting out as many different versions of plush, you know, that they can mm-hmm. try to push as mm-hmm. possible um i know i find winnie the pooh books like the disney style winnie the pooh books like everywhere oh yeah so absolutely there have been millions and millions i feel like now like you can't even like just so many exactly and clothing and everything i mean i know at least for shop disney like when it comes to shopping for baby pajamas or baby clothes it's all winnie the pooh themed like there may be some Dumbo or something else in there, but the majority is Winnie the Pooh options, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that's I think that basically covers it. Yeah, and I think it's been a huge win, and it's crazy when we get to talk about something that's still so popular today that was brought on by Walt himself. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really important to him. He really wanted to get Winnie the Pooh under the Disney umbrella. We saw how it kind of went through... Um, so much to have be the partnership that we have it as today and it's crazy that even in 2018 like all those years later it was still creating so much we even had and you know we always like to go back to marketing and so there, this was huge for marketing we talked about how how big it was how someone bought the marketing rights from the original writer and and on and on but even this past year in 2021 the airbnb for Pooh's home that was compl- that was just marketing yeah you know what i mean that was really just marketing and it was really cool you were hosted by the disney um winnie the pooh illustrator money was donated you got to stay in this cute little house it was only like one night i think like one family like it's not an ongoing thing so anyway 
it's crazy to see how all these years later, the marketing of these products is still so great for the company from a philanthropic angle, from a nostalgic angle, from an in-parks experience, from Disney Plus viewership. You know what I mean? Like it really touches all aspects of the business and it's so cool to see just those, even those little beats of marketing things like the McDonald's toys throughout the years or, you know, I would say those, the Disney beanies, although they were a merchandise item, I feel like that was completely just like a marketing thing because they were like, all right, beanie babies are popular. We're going to oh, market yeah. the heck out of oh, some, yeah. some well, Disney-fied ones. Well, and it's such a move for, for Disney at that time. If they saw somebody doing something that they weren't doing, they just did their own version of it. And that's that's something that I loved about the 90s era of Disney. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree. I think that's it for this week's episode. That's all the poo for now. Yeah, I guess we'll have to put the poo on hold. <laughs> well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to another week of our silly little podcast. It means the absolute world to us. Um, this was just like a little passion project. And to see people following along with us on Instagram, reaching out to us, listening to the podcast, I know just makes all three of us so happy. Um, I know one of my New Year's resolutions personally is going to be to try to be more active on the Carousel Project podcast Instagram so I can connect and talk with you guys more. We want to bring you so much more in 2022. Um, We're so excited to be starting this new year with you. Last year was really tough for all of us. And I know that the podcast, although it was work, was a really fun time for us to be able to get together and talk each week. But I think we're really ready to, to just bring so much more to the table in terms of this podcast this year. So thank you so much for being there with us. We love you so, so much. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode or one of our other episodes, please feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Those are such a big help for us to let Apple know about what our podcast is about. Yep. And also, if you want um, something else that would help us out would be if you share our podcast with someone who you think would like a particular episode, you know, the podcast as a whole, like anyone who loves Disney history or anything like that, please share it with them and help us out. All right, everyone have a great week. We can't wait to see you next week. Bye. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. I thought you were different.